0: I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road.
1: Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where there's no better goodbye than two badasses nodding at each other in Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julianne. And today we're talking about Minute 113, which begins with the wretched feeding their addiction to water, and it ends with the edge of the elevator plunging us into darkness. Here to help us give the narrative a proper send-off is the terrific trio of Caitlin, Karen, and Liz.
2: Hello, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Karen. Howdy, this is Caitlin. Oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> are you, though? No, not not. Don't really. apologize. Yeah, no, not
1: really. Howdy. But really? well, you are rooting and tooting.
2: It's true. <laughs> that's why you're over and there on boot the
1: couch. Scooting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and from, from, from New
2: Hampshire. Us. Hey, hey, hey! Rick's from New Hampshire. I'm just yeah. saying, that's not exactly. <laughs> Julia lives in New Hampshire. I don't not know exactly if am not the regional from New language. Hampshire. Where are you from? I'm
0: from Connecticut. Oh. oh. What part of Connecticut? Groton, where the sub is. Oh, oh, yeah. Huh.
2: I know well, there she's sub-base in Hawaii. Yep. Yeah, Where's your smart comments about Connecticut, Liz? I'm, huh? being, the original I'm a guest state. on this show. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: I will also point out she is no longer in Connecticut.
2: <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> it's true. Which is
4: a benefit of where we are right now. Yes. Not in Connecticut.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I listened to an episode of My Favorite Murder recently, mm. and they got on a joke about some part of Hawaii being much larger than Connecticut and then for the rest of the episode the callback was like you know like Connecticut
1: (laughs) as we start off minute 113 we've got the water falling from the pipes below the great emblem which really they're gonna have to renovate that just get in there and change it up because that's just old decor it's a little deathy yeah they need something a little bit newer lifey but what I love about this (laughs) shot is that there's actually a rainbow (gasps) oh
4: Oh. I didn't yeah. notice now, that do we before. know if that's a real rainbow or if they added it in? We added the rainbow in, in post production. No,
1: I suspect really. that it's
0: added in because I'm pretty sure the water is added.
1: Yeah, I don't think oh. the water. Yeah, that is makes real. that
2: makes sense.
0: Yeah, I don't know what if you're talking the water about, was real, what? the rainbow what? would be
4: real. <laughs> the skull yeah. formation very clearly exists somewhere in Australia naturally. I have no
1: idea. I don't know about naturally. I'm yeah. thinking more like in miniature. Oh, that's oh yeah, that's probably true. Or digital, yeah, probably digital.
0: And water doesn't scale, so it wouldn't look like this in miniature. Mm. The water wouldn't fall this way.
1: No, Mm. that's
3: true.
0: Is that true? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, because they got the water water out of your faucet, it doesn't look like that.
2: It's not going to look like that coming out of the faucet. No, that's true. It sure doesn't. I mean,
0: it did once,
4: but we had to call a plumber, and it was a whole thing. Like you remember Mm -hmm. the
1: waterfalls in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? When they're going to Naboo and you see all the waterfalls around the fancy city. I mean, I don't. Yeah. That's actually salt being poured on a green screen.
2: Hmm. Nice. Wasn't that whole movie basically green screen? Oh, yeah. That whole trilogy? In fact, yes. all I have is
0: salt for that movie on a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, did you learn that on the Star Wars Minute?
1: I'm going to say yes, because <laughs> I don't remember where exactly I heard that.
3: Well, I'm convinced.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really fascinating. From Alex...
3: I love those kind of tricks. Yeah. Alex Robinson? Yeah, from Pete from, and Alex.
0: From Pete and Alex of... We had Alex on last week fame? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Getting that Mad Max Minute bump for them. There we heaven go. knows they don't yeah. need it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. We need the bump from having Alex
1: on. Anyway.
0: So can we
4: assume that these uh, walkways over to the left of the frame also do not have railings and are not OSHA... Absolutely uh, not.
1: They oh, might no, not be some walkways of them look though. Look like
4: they
0: have railings. Yeah,
1: are those okay. people on there? If you look at the top left corner of the frame, I think there at, are three two. or four people, and I think hmm. they're holding on to probably a rope or cable style hand railing. You can just barely see it.
3: I don't think that's OSHA compliant, but OSHA might be uh, amending some of its regulations <laughs> in the post-apocalypse.
0: Okay, that's fair. I think their personnel level at the moment is just too low to be able to handle this many violations. Yeah, there's yeah. got to
3: be a memo somewhere. In light of the imminent in- downfall of the entirety of civilization, we are willing to relax some unenforceable... Unenforceable?
2: Uh, unenforceable. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I, I realize I keep Indubitably. saying... Indubitably. Yeah. I realize
4: I keep saying OSHA. Um, to, that's, that's an American thing. That is, that is an it's American just, organization. It's, American. it's occupational safety, health... Health Organization. administration. administration. Uh, uh, administ- oh, sh- it, yeah, it's the people who make sure that your desks are at the right angle.
2: Australia organized.
1: does have a version of that. Yeah. I Which don't we, remember the acronym because we, we talked about it a long time it in ago. In a
2: previous okay. episode. Yeah. yeah. Was it the last time we were on? Because that
1: would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm a
4: little hyperfixated on things like railings because I tend to
0: fall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: These things are important no, same.
1: to you. So we've moved on to second three. It's Max standing <laughs> on the elevator behind Furiosa, and I'm actually distracted by the dude all the way to the left, standing next to the elevator guard, oh. because he looks to me like Chris Kristofferson.
4: Oh, I was so distracted by the guy in the
2: Iron Howard yeah. the Duck mask. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought you meant the Gimp <laughs> mask guy
1: over here. No, the dude to his immediate right, standing. Well, just it looks like, like the, the dude abides. That's what mm, I'm seeing so. a little bit. Like a post-apocalyptic Lebowski. Yeah. Yes. Wait, did Capable
0: already find a child to take care of?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's just a
2: wretched that's underfoot. No, literally, she's climbing on her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I just love
4: the idea that she couldn't even get into the Citadel and she's already adopting children.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Capable is the type of person that if they still had television, she would be the one standing next to a cage and be like, these children... Mm. are neglected and hungry. And for 10 cents a day... For the
4: price of a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then it was... you singing Sarah McLachlan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I that's, have only, a, that's
4: only for the pets. I have, have a don't side bar. don't get good music
1: like that. Well, they don't the have complete. pets in the post-apocalypse. They just have an abundance of children.
4: I went to an animal shelter, and I very foolishly went into the dog room this one time. Oh you're, no. you're all coming on this journey with me, and I, I don't apologize. I've been there. And it, every single cell had the cell... Enclosure. Yes. (laughs) Had the puppy sitting in the exact center of it looking up forlornly. And some sadistic mother forker had Sinead O'Connor's nothing compares to you (gasps) playing on a boombox. And I am like the world's ugliest crier. Like if I cry for like an hour later, it's obvious that I've been crying. And I left and everyone from the shelter was like, are you all right? But when I met up with my friends, they looked at me and went, what did you do?
0: (laughs) I went to the dog room and nothing compared to me.
1: (laughs) I saw a headline earlier today that said that puppy dog eyes are a learned behavior. That does
3: not surprise me.
1: It's not natural to canines.
3: (laughs) No, no. I mean, nothing is really natural with canines. We bred it into them. But Capable is definitely House Hufflepuff. Yeah. That's cool.
1: But getting back to the minute proper. Yes. Yes. We join Max on the elevator, and he is standing behind Furiosa, and he looks very contemplative. Look at those blue eyes.
2: Look
4: at those pillow lips. Look at that tan line. Yeah, what, like the goggle tan line? Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Look at his baby blues. Look at his
0: lips. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. If. Look at the scar above his left eye. Oh, that oh, I yeah. like.
2: That I'm all right with. There we go. I'm see? That. Found something. Um, on he's like. a very... Man is not a burden on the eyes. I feel like all of his features are very nice, but I don't love them together. Like, <laughs> I love I, I know face. what you mean, and I agree with I you. I can't, like, because there's just some... Thank you. See? There's something about him. Like, I love the lips. I love everything, but I, he's just not my... Whatever.
3: You're Not your cuppa? Cuppa. Oh, cuppa. do you know what he yes.
2: reminds me of? Love. I think it's a Saturday
4: morning breakfast. Comic strip yeah. about if you can you can find it online by Googling uh, Background Radiation of My Life. But it's yes. a comic book nerd talking with a lady comic book nerd about how Batman is a male fantasy. And if you were gonna make him to be for the female gaze, his eyes would need to be bigger so they could be more expressive. Oh my god. And his lips would have to be more luscious. He looks like a fan drawing of what Batman should look like in the female gaze.
1: Maybe that's why he always wears a mask in his movies.
4: Mm. It's just too distracting.
1: Exactly. Too Can much. you imagine Bane in The Dark Knight Rises not wearing that mask and looking like this? People would be like, "Please, take over our city. Blow up our stadiums." Your
4: movie experience would be more severe. <laughs>
1: Max, from that description that you've given me, that he's got a lot of good parts, but altogether maybe not. So great reminds me of the Taco Town sketch from SNL, which is all a bunch of good things. Like tacos are great, pizzas are great, giant pancakes are awesome, but when you mix them all up into one package and put them in a tote and put
0: them in a
1: tote full of chili, maybe not so great. No. No. Oh.
2: Listen, first of all. He could get it. I mean, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I do play hard to get quite a lot. Uh yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> 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 the truth comes out. I said nothing to judge. Wow. I don't know. He's just never been my thing, but he's a very good looking man. Yes. I mean,
4: I can recognize when I look at Tom Hardy that he is an attractive man. He's very Daniel Craig-esque in that kind of rugged, like, you, I mean, I Some mean, more bone structure. Head for sure. Yeah. He he doesn't, you know, get my particular motor running but i can look at him and appreciate that that is a damn fine looking Mm. man
3: yeah that's that's yes this is a really like pretty shot in general like Mm. the composition of it this is that second eight of this minute the whatever this is coming off of the car the you know the wretched leg yeah But there's, yeah, I don't know what this is, this bar, but, like, it's got this nice diagonal composition that leads you over to Max, specifically his pillowy lips. <laughs> but then past him, and he's, you know, got a nice little split in the shot there to the other side with people with the hands in the air, with the happy face in the, and with Capable there. And, and then Cher is
2: right over his shoulder. Yeah.
0: If I can turn my turn. <laughs>
4: No, she's looking very kind of like—is the word? That's the only word I've she's only blissful. ever seen.
2: Is she looking like, auto-tuned? Beatific? Yeah, be yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's
4: the correct. I think pronunciation it's. Be- of- I think
2: it's. Isn't it just beatific? Beatific. Or be beatific? I don't know, I don't know. I don't but be- I, I just
4: read it. I've never said the word out loud before. Unenforceable. But and then of course she's gone, and now we just have
2: capable. Capable is gorgeous, by the way. Yeah.
4: And that one number one person in the back. <laughs>
3: Woo!
2: <He's> like play <laughs> free it's bird. A foam Doing the
1: Hamilton Stairway! point. <laughs> I have to wonder what is going through Max's head right now because he's at a crossroads. He could stick <laughs> around. He could see how this goes. He could disappear into the wasteland again and eventually regress into the kind of person he was at the beginning of the movie.
2: He's wondering if he can get it. Like, is he capable <laughs> of
1: settling down? Does he have the ability to stay in one place or yeah. is he just so much of a wanderer that he can't stay in one place. Everything
4: Man. he touches eventually turns to shit. <laughs> if he stays, this is the one good triumphant thing that he's experienced. And if he stays, he's going to ruin it.
1: Hmm. He's been there as they realize their ultimate goal. And so now he's thinking, crap, I've never been this far into a partnership before. Is he willing to take a relationship to the next level where you're not just work associates, where you're actual acquaintances? or dare I say, friends?
3: I wonder also if, maybe Karen can help relate as a fellow we'll try extreme cultural Catholic. Ah. I'm wondering how much he feels like he deserves to stay with the happy ending.
4: Well, I mean, he started this movie as basically a feral animal. His path through this movie has been his redeeming and reclaiming his humanity. True. And now he's back to being a person who can talk. Well done, well done, Max. Good boy. Yeah. So yeah, I don't... I don't know.
1: And it's not just the idea of having friends, having acquaintances, but we're paused at second nine. I'm going to click over here to second ten, and Max's Mm -hmm. gaze flicks over to look specifically at Furiosa. Mm
0: She is the one that he has bonded with. Yeah. She is the one that he has come closest to since Jesse, to forming an actual companionship relationship.
1: Yeah. Do you think that Max has in his pocket one of those little necklace things that you break in half and one says best fry and then the other or be fry and then the other one said St end, yeah. <laughs> He's just looking for someone to give the other half of that. Rick, you don't actually to... have
2: to break the necklace. They come, no, that they way. come broken. No, not always. Not always.
4: Mm, I had a not so, always. I had one in junior high, I had it best friend, and you oh, had to snap it. back that. In, you well, know, admittedly, it was made f- out of uh, you know obsidian, so, have, <laughs> so you know, yeah, there were no. score marks. Oh,
3: I see. This was back when you had to flint nap it yourself. Yeah. It was the I second understand. the <laughs> second century
2: A.D. I think, yeah. Y'all are love like, saying
1: breaking it with the friend is what makes you best friends yeah, i've literally never seen
2: or heard of this before what? i i I've only ever seen the cheap bull shirt that you buy at stores that are already broken i well, owned that's
3: at why least you don't go into the quarter machine.
1: <laughs>
2: No, I
3: oh, excuse you. I went to the piercing pagoda at my local New Jersey mall. Yeah, that's, I was gonna say that's probably where a I got Claire's, mine Yeah, with the, the, the snapping that you had to break. I had up. one that was broken that's way cooler, man. In, in yeah. half, and one that was a three uh, three piece component. Oh, yeah, well, because I was three. part I've of read a fan trio. for someone
2: like who's that. indecisive.
3: <laughs> no, well, I mean, there was I, there were two people to whom I was a toady. You could
0: be like a thruple. I mean, yeah, like Harry, Ron, and Hermione. There yeah. you go. They were yeah, but
2: really they were. A couple in a third wheel that just didn't know how it was gonna go yet. It's me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't worry, you'll be dating your best friend's younger sibling in no time.
1: Uh yeah, because that's not There's a little at sister
2: all. out there for you. Yikes. Uh, uh, yikes. Why am I thinking of Bioshock? I yeah, I know I thought the same <laughs> thing. I wasn't gonna bring it up though. I
3: don't like
1: that. I also wonder Max is used to being out in the wasteland, fending for himself, fighting for everything, aside from being around the same group of people for an extended amount of time, could he adjust to a life where food comes from somewhere reliable, water comes from somewhere reliable, where the road warrior doesn't necessarily need to be on the road and he doesn't need to be a warrior? What would he become if he didn't have those two things to define him?
0: I think if he didn't have those things to define him, he would have to finally deal with his grief over Jesse and Sprague. Mm. what drove him mad was that he couldn't handle his grief. And he handled that by going out into the wasteland and becoming the Mad Max that we know and have been watching. So if he was no longer out in the wasteland, he would have to face his madness head on.
2: I can relate to uh, keeping moving so you don't actually have to think about the things that are going wrong in your life.
4: Hmm. Oh, the last thing on earth I ever want to do is be alone with my thoughts. Thank you kindly for that. Yeah, no,
2: exactly. That's what I mean, yeah. It actually tracks pretty well with what I
3: understand of trauma, something that really clicked once. There's this book that I read some years ago that made a lot of things click for me in terms of understanding trauma, and it was a book specifically about military trauma for soldiers who've returned from war and from war zones, is that the thing about trauma is that in a way, there's not necessarily something wrong with you if you have that kind of trauma. Your body is tuned correctly to a different context. A veteran coming back from a tour in Afghanistan, Iraq, some other war zone, their body has adapted to a wartime environment that their reflexes and their reactions and and all their behaviors and senses are attuned to that area. Now they take them back and you throw them back into civilian life and they're having all the right reactions to the wrong stimuli. So Max would probably have an extremely difficult time adjusting to the quiet life.
4: Well, it's not even just that. I mean, let's look at what he's he's returning to the beginning. Mm. So not only is he returning to the Citadel, but let's remember what he was like when he was at the Citadel. Let's remember what happened to him when he was at the Citadel. I mean, obviously, you know, running from his past trauma, but if he has to go back and really face and metabolize and deal with the trauma that he endured while he was a captive of Immortan Joe, that's a rabbit hole. That's a TV tropes level of you're never getting back. Like you're going to just start unpacking and you're going to keep unpacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We don't know how long Max was at the Citadel between him getting brought in tattooed and then trying to run away. True. And when we saw him next in the cage, we don't know how long that was. He could have been strung up in that cage for days to say nothing of being dragged in from the wasteland Tied down, having all your limbs pulled apart, and then having someone tattoo your back. You don't know what they're doing back there. They could be doing a butterfly tramp stamp or they could be doing an encyclopedia of information on the back.
2: Mm-hmm. They're writing up his ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> type O negative. Is that a type of blood? It is. Yeah, now. it is. Yeah. Okay, it a great. Is that, that the is, universal, that is in fact a universal donor? Or donor. Perfect.
4: Yeah. Hopefully he was then.
2: I believe that's what it said, right?
4: O positive, I believe, is the universal.
3: Well, receiver. Receiver. Didn't they
2: label him as Universal Donor, if yeah. I recall, in huh. his yes. tattoos? Oh, did they actually? Yeah. yeah. They oh, God, is I, actually I thought I was being clever, back? but I, like, I, like, I nah, Now well. you did it. And oh, well. And now it. you've, you've outed attacked. yourself
4: to the world that it's
2: okay.
1: Plus, as I keep saying over and over again on this podcast, as we learned from Beyond Thunderdome, Max is a fairy princess, and so he has magical elements to that blood, which it's is why true. Furiosa is able to stand and move around, even though she was stabbed twice and had a collapsed lung.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, mm, mm. there's so much about this movie that makes me just like, there's no sterile method, and it makes me so itchy, and everyone has an infection. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is just slowly dying of sepsis. That's what's wrong with The Wasteland. Everyone has sepsis. <laughs> well,
3: maybe most of the people that we're seeing are the ones who are more resistant to infection.
4: Well, yeah. Because they
3: I mean, survived
0: as Everybody died off already. Yeah.
4: Exactly, Yeah. Oh, Mad Max, Darwin
2: Award.
1: (laughs) So we cut away from Max in his contemplative state to this extreme wide shot of the Citadel, which is majestic AF, Yeah, if Mm. I do say so myself. It It really is. Mm -hmm.
4: I do want to know exactly how deep the topsoil on the tops of those buttes is to be able to sustain that level of greenery and how it got up there. There's got to be a lot of composting Going on, probably of the very many babies that we've seen the baby yeah. skulls of
2: everywhere. Yeah. Oh. It's like that, the marsh. That's where that that the mother in the deleted scene tossed her baby <laughs> up there for compost.
3: <laughs> just a little <laughs> <on> scream.
2: <laughs> also, oh, I'm going to, but in oh. baby. <laughs> oh, God. Hashtag Buttes. Butes. Is it actually pronounced Buttes? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It is. Not butts.
0: In my head, it's butts. Yeah.
3: In my Hashtag heart, buts. it's butts.
1: You talk to anyone in Montana, it's butte. It's Buttes. No, it is Butte.
0: Is it time to talk about the water? Can we talk about the water now? Let's talk about the
1: water. So we are back to talking about the water, yeah. and Thank I just you. want to point out first mm. and foremost, there is one guy center frame right at second seventeen. Yeah, that oh yeah, is arms outstretched, legs wide. He is so happy. Right now,
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, that's that's like the Jeremy Pearl Jam pose right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the problem with the water and how the milking mothers have just opened up the taps is it a problem. One, I think we talked about it on Monday. These people are starving; they mm. are dying. This much water is only going to make them sick. They're, They're going to they need up. to, yeah, they need to take it easy. They need to ingest slowly and carefully. But of course, there's nobody around to actually. Like, help them be healthy. So that's never going to (laughs) happen.
1: There's bound to be one nerd in the back of the group that's like, guys, we need to slow down with the water. water. Just pace yourself. Pace yourself, guys.
3: All right. Well, but on the other hand, they don't have any other vessels aside from what they brought with them, which is their usual capacity. (laughs) Well, it's not going to matter. So there's that. There's the fact that they're not, we don't see shots of them like just guzzling it up as it falls on them. They're just sort of soaking it in. And, we don't app. know that they're just gonna let it run continuously they're probably gonna shut it down right. eventually oh God, I well, hope so. I at least hope so, reduce it to a yeah. trickle otherwise
2: yeah. aren't they gonna be literally swept away by this water if they keep running it like this
3: oh uh, that's possible because the soil probably not equipped to really soak it up
2: maybe that's what's actually happening we don't see it but actually what they're <laughs> doing is washing the peasants away and they're like alright here we go <laughs> we got everybody we'll got start important. again there's like 30 of us we've got plenty of water
1: all the important people are up in the citadel
2: yeah the wretched don't get a vote <laughs>
0: You were the one that said so.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Okay, earlier in this movie, when Joe was in charge of the water, he left the valves open for approximately 35 seconds. Mm. So as soon as we hit second 24, the water's already been flowing for a lot longer than Joe ever did. What the milking mothers have done, though, if we were to go back to minute 112, but we don't need to do that because I'm just going to say it right now, they only opened up the water halfway.
0: Mm. Okay, that's smart, because there's just no point to opening it up all the way. That's Mm. poor water management. Right, because they
2: can still only catch as much as they can catch. Yeah, and the
0: rest is going to soak into the ground or just create flash floods
1: Yeah, Yeah. that are going
0: to hurt the people. You
1: don't want flash floods, because as we know from the shot where the Giga Horse is returning to the Citadel, there are people that dig out little holes, and they live under the ground. A foot and a half underground. Like, yeah. let's be real here. But still, if you're in your hole just hanging out and then suddenly a bunch of water flows in, hey, on the one hand, yay, water. But on the other hand, oh no, water.
2: The only people in the whole damn desert that are going to drown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like
2: Meerkat Manor.
4: They're, oh, li- they're no. living in the desert like little meerkats, like little prairie dogs.
2: I couldn't watch Meerkat Manor. I
4: mean, I'd never seen it. I just imagine, you know, they pop little heads up.
2: They're super cute. They're so
4: cute with their wretchedness. But any <laughs>
2: animal show like that, it just. They're not all making it. I can't. I can't oh, do yeah, it. No.
4: This is Timmy. Don't get attached to Timmy. He's not going to survive the episode. Moving on. So We call him Timmy because he falls down a
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Timmy.
1: So we spent some time with the Wretched, with them collecting water. Yep. And we cut back to the elevator. The horse is on it. There's a bunch of Wretched. There's Furios and the wives. But as we're looking at this shot, it's a little far away, but you can already tell Someone is not on the lift.
0: Okay, oh, how no. effing high are they right now? Because I have questions. Okay. <laughs> they're at least high enough oh. that you can't see the heads of any wretched that are still on the ground. So far, like yeah. 10
1: feet. It could be an angle no, thing. It that. could be just... as low as like four and a half, five feet. And they're just at the proper angle to not see the heads mm-hmm. of other people. I think I'm people would still be reaching up
4: if they were that low. Yeah.
1: It could also be like 10, 15 feet. I'd say minimum. I think what we are sadly deprived of is the scene of Max goofy hollering (laughs) off of Ah, that elevator.
0: Ah, I I I want to see
1: him
2: land in like the the tripod superhero.
1: Oh, superhero landing. (laughs)
2: Terrible on your knees. (laughs) I'm imagining just him falling like Wile E. Coyote. (laughs) Oh,
1: Perfect Max shaped hole in the ground.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And a little cloud.
4: Then he holds up a little sign that says, Yipe! Yep. (laughs) Actually, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Max didn't really mean to leave. Maybe he just walked and then realized he was no longer on
2: the lift. This is why we have handrails. Looked down, scrambled to get back, but it was too late. He'd already started falling. And at some point he has has to look straight into the camera. Yep.
1: The guards on the elevator have allowed all these people up there. It must be a new experience for them because typically they will go through and kick people off the elevator as it rises and so they're probably thinking wow this is the easiest elevator rise we've ever had because i haven't had to beat anybody with the butt of my homemade gun hmm. they could probably get used to this type of thing
2: do you think they knock one person off by mistake before they remember that they're not like oh sh- uh, you know it's sorry source of habit <laughs> i'm really sorry about your so-
0: sorry kid. next time we'll get you sorry do you think they're worried about the wretched pushing them off
2: I would be. Mm. I, yeah,
0: I would be too. I agree. If I were the wretched and been living under these circumstances, I would push them off okay. the elevator. Okay, one of the elevator
4: operators, the one who's all the way on the right, does it look to anyone other than me that he's got like a tennis racket
2: slung over one shoulder? Yes, it does look that way. Oh, it, look, it well, looks well, it's to got me like he's got some sort a... of homemade gun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, looking at the wretched in this shot, here at second 22, do all of them look fairly young, like kid and parent combos? There do seem to be a lot of very small yeah. people, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Small.
0: Well, they didn't want to put too many adults in the shot because it would hide the Giga Horse. Ha. Good That's point. True. And the Giga Horse is just giving us some gorgeous lines. The Aww. Giga
2: Horse just looks it like is. a very oversized RC car. That's like, it doesn't crazy. look yeah. like it should be real at all. Should be at a monster rally. Yeah. Come on, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. It's always Sunday. <laughs> Yep.
4: Pay for the whole seat, but only use the edge. <laughs>
3: I used to, I used to uh, wait tables uh, on Sunday nights, and on get Sunday, a lot of, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, we we oh. would get some uh, some some folks from the racetrack. They'd crowd. be like,
2: "Get me some pancakes, pancakes,
3: pancakes." Yes, nice. and sometimes grits. And I'm like, "Why are you asking for grits from a pancake chain in New
2: Jersey?" And they would just it's not like, going to be good. They would just smash their coffee mug on the ground and be like, "I said get grits." <laughs> <laughs> You've, you've been to Jersey, I yeah, see. Yeah, I have. And, they, then they, and then they wouldn't tip you, if I recall correctly. <laughs> they would tip me very little. Mm.
4: Wow. Dag is
2: gigantic. Yeah, and also, like, Absolute holy cow, ask. those clavicles. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: There's some really just beautiful lines and and shading and just, like, these shots are gorgeous. They're like a painting.
2: You know what she is? She's like a real-life Amalthea. Oh, from The Last Unicorn. Yeah.
3: Yeah, she could totally do Amalthea.
2: God, you know, I'm just thinking right now, thank God that Disney doesn't own The Last Unicorn, because they would be real-life version doing that sucker right now. I, I don't mean, need it. You would, you would hate it? I don't think I would love no. it. I well, don't know. I think, I think we have just reuse the conversation to the two of us, Caitlin. Let's talk more about it, Liz, now. <laughs> well, wasn't the
1: main antagonistic force in The Last Unicorn a giant red bull? Yes. So if they did do a live action remake of The Last Unicorn, they could do a product there's, tie-in there's a product with, with Red, Red Bull. Bull. It could yeah, it's have true. wings. Yeah. It's true. Red Bull it forces unicorns into the ocean
2: <laughs> and gives you wings <laughs> <laughs> to help and the that's forcing how, of the unicorn and that's how pegacorns were invented. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there's a word for it. Alec. Alicorn. I don't think
4: it's pegacorn. No, it's not pegacorn. Know, pegacorn is actually
3: wait, a term that's it? used for a pegasus unicorn. Yes, stop, was gonna, is it really? Yes. I was totally oh, I thought it was called an alicorn. Yeah, pegacorn. For, no, go yeah, ahead and does it. not sound like huh. a safe no. Google
0: search. No, it does no. not. Pega what now? Incognito mode.
2: <laughs> I think it's also, anyway, I think it's also called an alicorn, and I'm going to look it up. That's fair. All right. I used to know it as a pig corn, but
3: I mean, it's been many years since I looked at that kind of nerdy crap on the internet. Uh,
1: It is also called an alicorn. Speaking of nerdy crap. Yes. In movies past, Max has sustained certain injuries, including one of his eyes swelling shut.
0: Yeah.
3: And
1: that is the exact sort of situation that Furiosa finds herself (sighs) in at the end of this movie. And I don't think it's the same eye. It is not. But Furiosa's look is often mirrored of Max. Yes. Mm. So it makes sense that it would be that specific eye.
3: So, oh, I wonder how much of this is like, not necessarily a passing of the torch, but like giving, like she's the one being granted the happy ending that he's denying himself.
1: In a way, I think Furiosa is the kind of hero that Max would be in a mirror universe, Mm. which is why her shoulder pad is on the other arm, which is Mm -hmm. why... The eye that got swollen shut is the opposite eye that happened to Max. Even the side of the vehicle that she drives is opposite to Max, because she's the hero from the mirror universe that Max could have been.
0: Oh, I like that. That's And that's why they work so well together. Yeah. They are so good for each other. They need each other. They complete each other, I think. Mega bros. So imagine meeting somebody who you work well with, who completes you, and then turning around and finding them gone.
1: Hmm. And it wasn't even that they were romantically interested in each other. No, They no, just worked really well. And if the situation was that they did spend an extended amount of time together outside of combat and life-threatening situations, because as we learned from the end of Speed, relationships based on extreme situations don't last. It's true. Once they got a chance to actually get to know each other, it might have turned into something else. But mm, nope. Nah. I'm super
2: glad that that didn't have a chance to happen, though. Because yeah. to undermine... Furiosa, after all of her badassery, by then just, like, making her, like, a romantic interest would be barfy and You don't think
1: that in the rom-com sequel to the ending of Fury Road where Max stays that Furiosa wouldn't be, for lack of a better term, the top?
2: I mean, she might be, but then you get into, like, the comparison of, like, Strong Woman being masculine and like sort of, Liz, we had a conversation recently about mm. non-binary and what does that mean? And what does it mean to be a woman and what is feminine? And I just feel like if you did that, you would force it into a, oh, she wears the pants in our relationship. <laughs> well,
4: it's it's not the dynamic. Mm. It's the problem. The The problem is the overuse of that particular trope in certain movies. So mm. if we lived in a, in a place where maybe Our media was a little more inclusive and we didn't have to rely on the idea of woman as romantic interest. And then, you know, yeah, that would be a great ending. But unfortunately, we live in this one. And yeah, I do think and this makes me feel terrible to say it, but I do kind of think Furiosa with a romantic entanglement does. I can't even think of a word. (sighs) I can't think of a word better than emasculates her. And Mm. that I think is Kind of indicative of the problem itself
1: Once again my mind immediately goes to an SNL sketch Because that's just how my head works Some people speak in Simpsons references I speak in SNL references When Scarlett Johansson was hosting once They did a sketch where it's like Oh here is the Black Widow movie And it was literally just Black Widow Dropped into the middle of a rom-com Where they're like Natasha Romanoff Thinks she has it all figured out (laughs) When suddenly she meets so-and-so <laughs> and she's wearing her Avengers outfit but with the pink sweater on the top of it just to feminize her.
2: Yeah. I mean it's hilarious, but I hate it. Thank
1: you. Furiosa <laughs> had a really good thing going. Then she met Max, jinx and Sue.
4: And then you need to have like the needle scratch and mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, I don't know. Where's the needle Furiosa's scratches? Pink sweater?
1: The needle scratches, <laughs> and he's holding out the chain. Water. <laughs> <laughs> She met the guy of her dreams, but he was anything if not a nightmare. I'm just,
2: like, picturing her, like, it's like a montage where he's doing everything wrong. Like, she brings him to, like, meet her parents and, like, (laughs) water. Yeah, he's just, like, (laughs) throwing stuff around and, like, pointing guns at them and, like, demanding things. Seconds on the
1: pot roast. It's like the scene. (laughs) Mrs. Furiosa. It's like the scene from this movie where she brings him to meet her family and he just hangs out in the car, which is what he literally did in this movie.
2: Oh, my God. And he would complain. He'd be like, I can picture him. I fuck, God, I hate him. Good, Max. We're glad you're leaving. We have no room for you here. Furiosa and Capable are going to hook up and it's going to be gorgeous. (laughs) Even beyond the
3: problematic aspects of having a a female character suddenly switch into love interest, it would feel cheap for Max's art, too. There's so many different types of relationships that he is lacking in his life. Just having that human contact of a close friend is something that he, he doesn't, he hasn't even had that.
0: The first tragedy that we experience with Max is him losing his best friend. Yeah. And that leads into the next tragedy of losing his wife and his son. Right. Like you said, there's lots of different kinds of relationships and Max has found someone that can be a certain type of relationship and he says no
1: nothing compares to goose
0: oh
1: as we go along in this minute furiosa looks over her shoulder sees that max has gone incapable leaves furiosa behind to go stand next to toast who has this amazing gash in the side of her face from where she was pistol whipped by joe
4: oof are we sure that's just not the sharpness of her cheekbone
3: <laughs> that's
1: contouring
4: that's contouring is what that is contouring yes oh my gosh and, of course, I'm forgetting the name of the youngest wife. She looks like an infant. Is that Cheeto? She's super
2: yeah, young. Cheeto. She I, all this like time I've been assuming Cheeto thing. was the red-haired one. I know. Yeah. Cheeto. Yeah. So,
3: what do you think of everything of Cheetos?
2: Yeah, Cheeto. What you know? are you that's saying? Right. Cheeto, Cheeto with a D. With a D. Uh-huh. Oh, Cheeto. well, whatever. They sound the same to me. But she looks like look a
0: baby she looks right now.
2: She's very teeny tiny. Yeah, she looks like a baby. Well, isn't she only like 19 or something? Did we talk about this uh, that, the, the first time we were here? like... 16. But I mean, like, yeah. the actress yeah. herself the actress, is, like, still sub-20, I think. we, yes. when, we talk, when we first talked about this, I think we Very were like, oh, so. yeah, and she's 19 years old, and we were like, ugh, damn kids today but and see, here's,
3: But here's Toast again with, with that, like, tired knowing face. Yeah, that, now that face she, she looks seen... tired.
1: Now she's like, oy, what a day. What do we have ahead of us?
4: But she's also higher up. Like, we can assume at this point yeah. that that lift is high enough above the throngs underneath. Yeah. That if she was trying to take on like this imperious stance. Yeah. That now she's out of line of sight. Plus the water's flowing. No yeah. one's paying attention to her. So maybe that's why we're getting this look out of Toast where she's just showing her true exhaustion.
3: I feel like there's a little relief in there too. Yeah. And I feel like that moment of getting onto the lift to begin with was the final hurdle. And now they're on their way up. Like it's This is sort of like the it's going to be okay moment. Yeah. Like, we're actually
1: doing this. Okay, so we're still paused at second 29, and I just want to point out over here on the far left of the frame, behind the woman oh that God. we named Cher, yeah. I think we've got post-apocalyptic Carrot Top here. <laughs> yeah, no, that is am- oh, I was an, sure. was an amazing. Oh, for sure. they're not going to want for prop comedy. Look at that ah. hair.
2: Well, that's, that's, that's the, the gentleman with the teeth, isn't but it? And no, no, the, the no that's, no a, that's a different no.
1: person. No, that's a different oh. person. No,
2: but... That, that guy, guy is there, too. He's oh, yeah, back he at he second 28. Okay. He looks, you know what he looks like in this shot at second 28? Remember in uh, Captain Planet, there was that guy who was like part rat? He was a bad guy. <laughs> I feel like he's got that rat guy look right now. I don't have anything to follow up with that. I got, I got nothing. Cool. You don't, it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> My
3: God, her neck is long. Woman is part giraffe. Ship. She's so pretty. Giraffe, we are, of goddess. course, stuck in my Shirley's yeah. town.
1: We cut into a close-up of Furiosa. She's turned around looking for Max, and we find her looking out over the edge of the elevator, and she spies Max picking his way through the crowd of the Wretched as they're continuously pressing forward. He is the one guy that's going the opposite direction of everybody.
2: Those Wretched do not look happy. They're like, "What? The- why don't we get to go? I don't think they're unhappy. I think they're just... I don't or think they're, they're happy. Their faces are like that. They're not used to smiling. Their faces are like that. They have, uh, you know. Wow. When you've lived a hard Resting. life. I know. They're all, you know, the ripe old age of 18, 19 years old. Yeah. It's a hard knock life for them. For us. Yeah. They've no, also
3: I- lived traumatic existences. No, I know. I,
2: I just
4: love how much acting we're getting out of Charlize Theron with the one eye.
3: Mm. I mean, there's a lot of quiet, subtle expressions oh, no. I'm in general but yeah i'm not right. even
4: being like facetious i mean yeah mm-hmm. legit facts that's like a master class in
2: eye acting see it's a really good thing they didn't get together because she also has some pretty pillowy lips so i feel like if that's they true. had a baby just be all lip <laughs> would it be just I'm like, like stephen tyler <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would just be stephen tyler Oh, thank <laughs> no. you karen i love it you i love it thank you i'll be
4: here the rest of the podcast
2: maybe <laughs> using that lift a lot I'm in an elevator oh third floor that was a terrible joke. jeez the jeez liz mars. how hard is it not to sexualize children god no i wasn't talking about that what <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> i don't know
1: we should probably focus off of that. Yes,
2: let's please as do. As soon as
1: possible. <laughs> and on to the silent conversation that is happening between Max and Furiosa. Yeah. They lock eyes. She's up on the elevator. He's down in the crowd. And as they're looking at each other, Max gives her one of those, yeah, you got this nod. And she returns the nod. And I love it when two badasses <laughs> look at each other across a distance and just give a nod.
4: It's that internet meme of two tens, we can talk about this. I'm an eleven Poe, but go on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's very bro. Yeah. But I, it's it is saying it's it's saying a lot in the nods. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah.
1: Well, like I said, he's pulling an Irish goodbye. He doesn't want to go person by person by person and be like, Oh, I'm gonna miss you, Scarecrow. And yeah. you most you of all, Furiosa.
4: But I love that the nod is not just a you'll be okay, but it's an I'm okay too. Aww.
3: Yeah.
0: This part of the movie makes me sad. Yeah. I want Max to stay. I want him to find family. I want him to find a home. I want him to relax. I want him to deal with his mental health issues. Change his name to relax a healthy way. (laughs) And be able to live out the rest of his life with some peace. Yeah.
1: And if this movie had been made back in nineteen ninety-nine, two thousand, the first time they tried to do it, with Mel Gibson on board. That is exactly how this movie would have ended Mm. with Max realizing, wow, I'm getting too old for this. I need to stay in one place for a while. But yeah, that original story would have had Max realizing that he doesn't have to run anymore, that he's finally found people that would be willing to accept him that aren't just going to leave him behind to the mercy of a warlord lady or use him as a decoy and just keep going on without him. Now, granted, he chose to stay behind after he returned to the feral child to the people in the compound, and he chose to abandon the plane to stop Auntie. But still, he was right there with Furiosa. She would have said, "Hey, let's ride this thing all the way up and see where it goes. We'll fix cars together for the rest of our days." Exactly.
2: Do you think that this is my the cynical cash grab question? Like, but do you think they had him not stay because they were like, "Oh yeah, we got our new Max. We could make like ten more movies."
1: I think that's exactly why he didn't That
2: Where's my next uh, movie? See, the I don't think it's bees? cynical.
4: Well, I guess it is cynical. I just, my cynical take on the ending is it's the original end of the movie AI. It's the crushing fairy tale. It's the not everyone gets their happy ending. Like, I like the cynical nature of, you know, Max going off in a Shane-esque sunset to wreak havoc on another unsuspecting group of Wasteland people. Mm.
1: Yeah, because that's who Max is. He's the wandering cowboy.
0: There's something heartbreaking, but in a satisfying way about the end of this movie that it feels like another tragedy in his line of tragedies. But that's Max. He yeah. handles it. He moves on. He doesn't handle it properly, but he just keeps
1: going. Yeah, and it's not even that big of a tragedy. Yes, they lost Ang Herod. Very sad. Everyone was really broken up about this. But after the string of losses that we assumed he had gone through at the beginning of this movie, this is definitely a win. This Mm. was indeed, as Nux said, a lovely day. It was a hard day, but it ended pretty well for Furiosa and the other wives, the people that Max had, I guess, chosen to be in charge of because he can't help himself, but find a group of people and decide to help them. He doesn't want to, but he does it anyway.
3: Those who fell along the way, those who died, did not die in vain in this case. Exactly. Exactly.
4: Well, I mean, the idea of, like, classical tragedy is, right, it's the systematic breaking down of a once noble character, and I don't know that you can really consider Fury Road to be a tragedy, because it almost feels like this is Max on an upswing, Mm. right? Like, he had hit the bottom, and now he was kind of working his way, at least, you know, he's, he's aware that he hit the bottom. He can only go up from here.
1: Yeah, he's without a car, without weapons, without basic provisions- wandering away from a situation where he could have all of those. He doesn't even take a car as payment at the end. He's just walking away. Well, so there's He didn't a lot even of give unknowns. Capable
3: a chance to pack a lunch
1: for him. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> no PB&J with the crust cut off. Just wipe the dirt and the blood off his face. Just...
1: Yeah. And so this minute ends with Furiosa flanked by the wives, and there are some wretched there too, but they're on the elevator, and it is slowly rising, and as the edge of the elevator passes over the camera, it fades to black. And as if it was built this way, minute 113 ends perfectly on a black screen at the end of the movie, and I love it so much that the minute ends perfectly.
4: Yeah, that was
3: pretty sweet. Perfectly. <laughs>
1: I got nothing. You just seem so exuberant. I didn't want.
3: Yeah, to... yeah.
2: It's, that's it's... actually how this episode ends. Like that's it, perfectly, it's and that's great. the end. It's we'll over. end it in the
4: middle of a sentence, just like The Sopranos. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> but here at the end of the minute, I want to thank all of you for joining us for these last two minutes of the movie. Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you got going on? I'm on Twitter
3: sometimes. I'm at Hollywood Fat Cat. Oh, you can find me on Twitter all of
4: the time. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, my fascination with my new favorite Twitter, which is, uh, of course, I don't remember the name of it, but they find Wikipedia entries with titles that scan to the Ninja Turtle 80s (laughs) original soundtrack, and in a sea of utter disgust that the universe has become, there is a ray of sunshine where it will say like San Diego Peace Pagoda. And it just makes me unspeakably happy. So go and find that. But you can definitely find me if you follow me. I'm older than Latvia on Twitter. I'll be retweeting those probably until the end of of all things because it's the best thing ever.
2: That's awesome. In December, we'll probably still be at least four to five years left of uh, our seven, seven plus year mission over at a star to steer her by. We'll be somewhere in... Deep Space Nine,
3: yes, (laughs) Trek
2: balls. Deep Space Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say that on this podcast?
3: So uh, a Garrick and Bashir episode
2: is what you're saying. You don't know who those people are. I I guess so. I have no idea. I don't know anything about Deep Space Nine. Cannot wait. I think the
4: only when you watch it to not think Trek.
2: Continue. (laughs) I'll do my best. Yeah. No. All I think the only deep Deep Space Nine I've seen is um, Trials and Tribulations because that's a classic. Tribbles. Yeah. So we'll be doing that over on a Star to steer her by where SSHB podcast on Twitter and Tumblr sshbpodcast.com is our website but it's really just a link to our Tumblr and we're on Facebook a Star to steer her by.
1: Excellent. As for us, we will be coming back on Friday. There is more to talk about even if the story has concluded. So, with that said, with the story of Mad Max Fury Road concluded, we get one last word from the first history man and the stationary credits begin The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham
0: The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions and distributed by Warner Brothers
1: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham Our opening music is Verdi's DSERRA by Daniel Batista of danielbatista.com
0: our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone.
1: If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full.
0: Thank you for joining us for Minute 113 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.